I think we are in a very crazy season and I would love to speak about when is Jesus coming back on this earth? This is a question when you're going on YouTube, social media, a lot of people are talking right now because we had the coronavirus and for a lot of people they ask the question, is this the end of the world? And now comes the war around our corner. We have a lot of people on the run. And a lot of people asking the question, is this war like the Bible speaks about in the book of Revelation, yes or no? And I was wondering, what is my opinion in all of this? And I want to preach about when is Jesus coming back and you will go home. You know the dates, the plates, and the minutes. No. I want to start with a very simple illustration uh, when you're going to a restaurant, in a Swiss restaurant, I'm not talking about fast food. Life is too short for fast food. If you're going to a restaurant and you take a napkin, right, and you put the napkin on, the, on, the, on your knees, right, but when you're going to the restroom, you take the napkin and you fold it together, and this is the sign for the waitress, don't worry, I come back. And you're going into the restroom and you do your thing, right? But when you're done with your food, you take the napkin and you put this on a tape like this, I'm done. And you're leaving and the waitress knows he can clean the table, right? This is what we do in a normal Swiss solid restaurant. Now, check this out. The Bible speaks about the same thing when Jesus died on Eastern and the tomb was empty. And you can see this in John chapter 20, verse 6 and 7. Then Peter Simon came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the stripes of lion and lying there, as well as the clothes that has been wrapped around Jesus' head. The clothes were still lying in his place, separate from the linen. And here in the original text says, the clothes of Jesus was folded together. That means Jesus had almost Swiss characteristics. Before he left earth, he took his clothes, he folded together like this. When the tomb was empty, Jesus was saying, like in the restaurant, don't worry, I'm coming back. But this is already 2,000 years ago. And this is the message for us as a church. Eastern means it falls together as a message. Don't worry, I'll come back. Then Jesus said some days before, don't worry, I will come back for a second time. But nobody knows the hour and the dates, not even the angels. And Jesus said, not even myself, I know the dates. Only the Father knows when I have to come back. Have you ever wondered about that statement? The problem is when we hear a statement like this, Jesus spoke to the Jewish congregation. Usually when I preach on a Sunday morning, I speak to Swiss people from Argau, from Wallisellen, now I speak to international church, you from around the world. But often we don't understand the background of the Old Testament. And often you cannot understand the New Testament if you don't understand the Old Testament because it's linked together. When Jesus said, you have no clue, not even the angels, not even myself, when I come back, only the Father, he referred to the Jewish wedding. And if you have never heard about the Jewish wedding, you often don't understand what Jesus actually said. And I want to bring you into a Jewish wedding. And the Jewish wedding starts always with a bride. 
Here is the bride in the Jewish thinking. And the first wedding was Abraham. He sent his servant out to find for a son a bride. Can you check this out? Can you imagine that your father goes out and find a wife for you? Will you be happy? I loved my dad, but this was the point. No, no, daddy, I know what I want. But in the Old Testament, the father looked for the bride. And isn't that amazing? Here's the Bible verse in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Have you ever seen Jesus? We made the decisions to follow Jesus Christ, but we have never seen him. That means for the groom has never seen the bride before, but she made a decision, I want to be obedient. And it goes on. Not even though you've seen him now, you believe in him and are filled with inaccessible and glorious joy. With other words, the Bible says, not you have chosen me, I have chosen you. Not you have loved me first, I loved you first in the place. And this is the beginning, the father made the decision for you to find the bride. The next thing was the, the price of the bride. Because when the father find the right girl, he paid a special price. In those days, maybe you said, oh, I give you my tent, or I give you my silver, or my gold, or I give you 50 camels. 50 camels for that, you say, no, no, this one is value of 60 camels. You had actually a deal. And why in the Old Testament they did that? It's very, very simple. Because you were farmers, and uh, you, your mom and dad, every hand in the household was your blessing and security. When you get retired, you were not able to work anymore. Your daughters and your, your boys, they did the work for you. In our culture, we have retirement money from the government. But in those days, your retirement money was your daughter and your, your boys, actually. And you will say, I will honor you because I know you will get retired. I want to give you money right now. And by the way, I want to honor what, everything what you invested in her. You paid a special price. Check out in First Peter 1 verse 19. And please read this Bible text very, very careful. Because here it says, but you were bought. The Bible says you were bought. Someone paid a price on your behalf. With the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish or defect. With other words, Jesus Christ paid on the cross our bright price. And this one thing I really I flipped out when I studied the last week about this amazing topic. Because when Jesus died in John 19 verse 30, he said, it is finished. And the word, it is finished on the cross is for us Christians, the message, he is still alive. We're following a God who even dead cannot hold him. With God Almighty, everything is possible. But the word, it is finished or done, means in the Hebrew, are you ready? In the Hebrew meant kalal. Kalal meant complete, made Perfect. And the same roots of the word bright means also kala. It's the same word. When Jesus said it's done, he's saying, I paid for my bride the price already. 
Let's give God for that a big round of applause. I paid Kala already for my bride the price. Then goes on, there comes the engagement. You know, when we get engaged with people, I remember when I engaged with my wife, it's like you make a special deal and you invite your parents and everything, but engagement just means in our culture, it's a reservation. Huh? It, it's so, don't touch her anymore. I have, it's a, I reserved her. It's like you're going to the restaurant, you say, I need a table at eight o'clock, reservation on the table, right? We do this in our culture. She is reserved, he is reserved already. But this is it, it means from now on, it's serious, right? But in that culture, an engagement means something totally different. In 1 Peter 1 verse 18, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold. Check this out. It's not silver or gold I paid for her. You were redeemed from the empty way of the life hated down to you from your ancestors. With other words, you, we have boundaries. If you're not believing in God, we are bound in sin and also in habits, right? The Bible says if you, if you do not fall in God, there's a lot of things inside of you. You are a slave of your feelings, of your addictions. But the moment you're receiving Jesus Christ in you, there's a hope and a power that I can be stronger and better. I can break all the habits in my life. That's the power of being a Christian. We believe in the power that God can restore, can heal, can change, can transform everything. And now check this out. In that culture, before the engagement of the bird, she had no rights, no security, no guarantee, no protections, and no provision. But the moment when the guy paid the price for her, the whole game was changing. The groom was saying, from now on, in my engagement, I want to say, now you have a right, you have a security, you have a guarantee, you have a protection, and you have a provision, because with my name and with my status, I want to do everything that you are flourishing, blooming, and blossoming. With other words, when you fall in God and God makes engagement, that means I have the rights. I belong to the dream team of God Almighty. Then you should belong to the dream team of God Almighty. Leo Baker, you belong to the dream team of God Almighty. You belong to the winning team of God Almighty. Amen. Come on. Secondly, you have a security. With other words, God will have the last word. For all those people you're gonna run, I feel really, really sorry. Swiss people, we have no clue what it means to leave your nations and you have no clue what's happened next. But I want to say to you right now, in the book of Revelation, the last chapter of the Bible, God says the last word has not a war. We'll never have corona. The last word belongs to God Almighty. Amen. And God will win because we're belonging to the winning team of God Almighty. That's the vision we have. That's why we don't, we don't give up. The second thing is we have a guarantee. The guarantee means in our days when you are a soccer team, for example, if a soccer team is not doing good, they're losing 10 times in a row, right? Then on Sunday evening, the manager will say, no, no, we don't kick, we don't kick the coach. No, 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 we don't kick the coach. We believe in him. This is Sunday evening. Monday morning, you can read in the news, he's kicked, he's fired. A yes and a yes means in the world nothing anymore, right? 
But when God says yes to you, means a yes is a yes, and God will never fire you because you're engaged with the love of Jesus Christ. That's your guarantee. Protection means God will fight on your behalf. And provision means God provides for every single need in your life. You see the difference between engagement in our days? Means just reservation. If I'm not showing up, oh, so sorry, but I took the reservation. But in that day, an engagement means everything what I have and I own, I give it into your hands. Then comes the night of the wedding. It's the cup of the covenant. In the cup of the covenant, and Jesus was together with his disciples the last night before he felt pretty, he took the cup of covenant. What does it mean, the cup of covenant? I want to read to you in Luke chapter 22, verse 20. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Jesus always speaks about the blood covenant. We often have no clue anymore if you're vegan, what is blood anymore. The blood covenant meant it's the highest price you can pay for someone's life. Jesus shed on that cross with his blood for you and my sin. And Jesus said, I want to marry you forever and ever. I want to give you a side note. And I know it gets very quiet when I say that. But in the ancient day, you, had, you never had sex before you married. The day you had the married, you said yes to your bride or broom, yet for the very first time sex and the wife, she was bleeding after the first time of sex. Why in the world bleeding? It's a blood covenant. You said, I belong to you, you belong to me, and my blood is no witness for this covenant. In our days, we don't care about the blood covenant anymore. But this was a statement and Jesus said, Let's make this covenant. And he drank from the wine. Mm. Ah. Then in Matthew chapter 26, verse 29, Jesus said, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit and of the wine from now on until the day when I drink it in the new with you in my Father's kingdom. There is always two glasses of wine. The first one, the marriage. But Jesus said, hey, from now on, I will not drink it anymore. This was a prophetic statement. The second time when I come, I will drink from that glass in my father's house. What is the father's house? The father's house will not be in Wallisellen. The father's house will not be in Ukraine. The father's house means heaven. When you are in heaven, I will drink the second glass with you guys again. For 2,000 years, Jesus is very thirsty. He's not drinking any wine anymore. Why? What Jesus is saying here is amazing. And then what he did, he gave a gift. And I didn't understand until I studied that message. Why was the gift important? Because when you get married, the groom said, Next day, I will leave you. I'm going back to my father's house. And by my father's house, I will build another house for us. When that house is finished, and my father will say, it is finished. It's not my feeling, it's not my opinion. When my father is saying the house is finished, he will send you me back, and I will take you back home forever. 
And Jesus was saying, in that time of in a waiting position, you need a gift. And what a groom did, he gave her a ring. The ring was important, say, when I'm leaving you, when I'm going to my father's house and I built a house, I know it can last a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, I don't know. Only my father knows when my house is done. The ring reminds you all the time, I belong to a guy who is bigger than anything else. And I want to be faithful. I want to trust him because he knows what he's doing. But this was in that culture something very precious. But in our days, and I love it, God has given us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, you know, if you travel a lot, especially going to Spain and Italy, places where it's very dangerous, you have this bag, right? You know this bag? In this bag, you have your money, your credit card, your smartphone, and your Swiss passport. If one guy is stealing your Swiss passport, no good. That means everything is here. And check out what the gifts, what God has given us. It's the Holy Spirit in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. And please read this Bible verse in the context of a Jewish wedding. In the second part, he anoints us. He seals us with our ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit to guaranteeing what is to come. Check out the last word. It's a guarantee, a protection. He seals us that we know nothing can steal and separate us from heaven and the love of God. This was the biggest sign in the waiting area. Now the next point is the groom has, the, the, the bride has to wait. When you wait, when you wait, we wait for 2,000 years as a church, right? I remember, I read so many books about the coming of Christ. Paul said, Jesus is coming back soon. Everyone is pushing, pushing pressure on people. Hey, church, you never know when Christ is coming and you are 18 years old. You want to get married? You want to you wanna build a house? He said, no, 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 Jesus, wait, relax, calm down. I heard that so many years and still I'm here and alive and Christ has not returned. Often people think, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Check out the Bible verse in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 to 4. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scores will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, check this out, where is this coming of his promise? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Huh? Can I hear an amen? Yeah, yeah. We're waiting on Christ, but for 2,000 years, nothing happened. And in the waiting season, the last 2,000 years, comes my question. What is our job as the body of Christ? When you're believing in Christ and you understand that the Jewish wedding, and Jesus left, he built a house by his father, and he left us here on earth alone. We are living in this world, but we are not from that world. What are we doing in a waiting season? Just sitting there doing nothing? No, we have to be active. I really do believe because nature has two 
reaction. Either the wind moves forward or the wind moves backwards. It's never a moment where the wind stands still. It's always a move either forward or backwards. And here's the point. He gave her a ring. God has sealed us with the Holy Spirit. You know for what? That we are bringing heaven down on earth right now. We have the Holy Spirit given from God to be a king, a prophet, and a priest. This is our job. As long as we are on earth, we are a king, a prophet, and a priest. We bringing heaven down on earth. If you want to be on fire after 30 years of a believer, bring heaven down, start to cooperate, and live with the power of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is given us as a seal, as a protection, as a sign. We belong to the family of God Almighty. The job for us as a local church is bring heaven down. A king, what is the job as a king? When you see people in your surrounding, people in needs, we lift our hands and say, God, here's a line. We start to pray for people because when you speak one word, God will push and bring healing down from heaven. I really do believe in the power of healing. I was on, on the way in Germany on our worship tour and I remember one evening before we had the message, I said, Holy Spirit, I'm a king. You have appointed me with the Holy Spirit to be a king. What can I do? And I remember that evening, I went on stage and God gave me a word. He said, here's a young lady, she's 21 years old. She's not a believer and she was misused from a guy. And she's about to quit her life, to kill herself. And I said to her, here's a girl, 21 years old, told the whole story, you're not a believer, but God wanna ask you to come back for the very first time to him. Whatever happens in your life, you're not the victim, God can change your whole life. And I just say that in a very, very simple way. In the end, I was signing my books and people say, why do you sign books? I say, yeah, why not? It's the best place to connect with people because there's a table and some books and one meter distance, social, yeah. If I don't like you, say, oh, sorry, we have more people to come. A girl came. She was crying. She said, I'm 21 years old. I do not believe in God. I was misused, and I'm that girl. I want to finish my life this week. Tears in her eyes. She handed over her life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. Why am I telling the story? I don't sit and wait for the second coming of Christ. No, I am the hope, the light, and the salt of this earth. You are a king and a queen. God's job is to bring heaven down because you're sealed with the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, let's give God for that a big round of applause. This is amazing. And you know, when God gives you a person in your mind, for example, you walk or you're on the train or you're driving with your car, and all of a sudden, a person comes to your mind who has done something very good. Take your smartphone, record a message. Say, hey, I'm driving the car a little bit too fast, like always. Hey, but I want to encourage you. This morning, I just drive my car. You came to my mind. I want to encourage you with a word of God. And you just record that, not even typing. And you send it with a text message and telegram message. 
This is a prophet. You start to prophesying over people that God brought you to your mind because often we think this is a cool person. That person is doing something awesome. Just send a text message to the person. You are a prophet and a priest and a king. You understand? We don't wait. In closing, that guy, Jesus, is building the house in heaven. And the father say, now it's finished. Now go and bring her back. And the second time of the coming of Jesus Christ, and please understand, when in that evening, that guy comes back, usually he has a torch, a fire in his arms. He comes with tambourines in the middle of the night. He does a lot of noise. Hey, I'm here to bring her home. It was noisy. And the Bible says, in the second time of Jesus Christ comes on earth, it will be noisy. He comes that everyone can hear, everyone can see. And then comes something very, very cool. He takes the second cup. He brings her home into her house. And they'll say, oh my gosh, I built for 2,000 years a house for you. Isn't that amazing? And she's happy. In the second time of when Jesus Christ came, comes, he will drink the second cup. And that cup is a blood covenant forever. Nothing can separate us anymore. You are in heaven. And then he drinks it. You know, and then what they do, the Jewish people, they do, you don't find it in the Bible. But they take the first cup, the first cup, put it into a napkin. Be careful, Leo. Check out, and then. Ah! Ah! Oh! Oh, stark. Ah, it's good. All good. Bleed a little bit. And then he will say, the first cup is over. It's done. I want to wrap this message together that you understand what I'm talking about. There are two parts before the first cup. It's our life here on earth. Maybe you're living 100 years, 80 years, 70 years, 20 years, however long you live. We judge our lives always in that area. But God thinks always about the second cup. The second copy is, you will stay in my house forever. And our calling, dear friends, is one day we will stay in the house of the Lord, Psalm 23, forever. And nothing can separate us from the love of God anymore. There is no war anymore, no dying anymore, no anxiousness anymore. God is with the people forever. And even if you're going to a hard season, God will take all your tears he will whips away every single tears. What was once, it's over forever. And God speaks about heaven. And check this out. There are two perspectives in the story. Our perspective is here. God, where are you right now? My mom has a sickness. My dad is a believer. Why he gets divorced? Why you have to run away from our nation? God, we don't understand. We pray, we seek, we ask you. In our life, dear Swiss people, people, where are you from? Life is not fair. 
Life will be never fair. This cup is never fair. Life is not fair. But God here is good. We speak about this area where a lot of things are not fair. I have met so many people the last week and that's why a little bit I'm very emotional. People say, I cannot believe in God anymore. We prayed, we served, we gave. But where is God in all my miseries? Where is God in all my families? I don't get it. And I say, hey, 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 be careful. You speak about this dimension. That's why Jesus left the wedding. He went to the Father's house and he said, hey, I prepare a house in eternity. And God always speaks from this perspective. And it's different. Whatever you're going through, whatever you will go through, life is not fair. It depends where you are born. If you're born in Switzerland, it's almost like heaven. If you're born in the Ukraine right now, it's like war. You're born in China, you cannot even be a believer. You get killed because you believe in Christ. But in our Switzerland, you can believe in God. Going to ISAF, you have a job. Only people will laugh a little bit about you. This is, it always depends where you're born when you're growing up. It's not every for everyone the same fear. I don't speak about this here. In a Jewish wedding, God ends with this perspective. You will belong to me forever. I want to close why Jesus is not returning right now. This was the question actually. In 2 Peter 3 verse 9, that's also my prayer for Eastern actually. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Can I say to some people, God is not slow. God is never slow. And God is not intervening, there's always a reason. And someone stands slowness, instead he is patient with you. Not waiting on anyone is perish, but everyone's to come to repentance. God is waiting until all the people had the chance to return and say yes to him. And then he will bring you and me back home to heaven. Our destiny, it's not earth. We are heading into a house where we remain forever with God Almighty. It's not 80 years, it's eternal. The word eternal means has no end. No end and no end has nothing to do with 80, 60, 100 years. And I would love to pray with you guys right now because you're here, some people. Maybe you lost everything and you feel like this. Maybe you lost your home. Maybe you lost your wife. Maybe you lost your, even your calling a little bit. I want to encourage you. The second cup when Jesus drinks again, it will be awesome. Can we stand for a moment? Live online, Liberia, microchurches. You can close your eyes and I would love to pray with you. And dear Jesus, you see all my mess. 
you see all the challenges in my life you see my family situation all the sickness and everything I'm going through in my life all my setbacks all my failures and I bring my imperfect life right now to you thanks for this prophetic message life is not fair but you prayed the price on the cross for your bride and you said it's done you engage me with all the rights of being a child of the Most High God. And nothing, 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 nothing can separate me from the love of God. Hey, thanks for watching. Hey, our passion for people is that we see them grow in their relationship with Jesus, live fearlessly and influence their people and the surrounding in a positive way. And if you would like to be part of that vision, we thank you so much for your financial support because that would make it possible. I hope that this message spoke to you really. And if you don't have subscribed to our channel, please do this. And it's always a big blessing. Maybe you know some people in your neighborhood or in your friendship they, that podcast could be a very well cool thing just share the link because it's pretty pretty easy and I'm looking forward to see you again tune in and God bless you and see you soon bye bye